super excited about a new series that we are starting today. Today, we're going to start a new series entitled The Rest of Your Life. The Rest of Your Life. Now, let me ask you a question. When you think about the rest of your life, what comes to mind for you? I want you to think about that. For some of us, maybe it's your long-term uh, exit plan for, from your lifelong career, right? Maybe you're thinking about dedicating your focus to some unfulfilled goals. Maybe you're thinking about raising your children. How am I going to do this? Maybe you're thinking about finding some sense of meaning, something fulfilling in life. Maybe you're thinking about making changes to set yourself up for a better tomorrow. Nothing wrong with that. But I submit to you this morning that if that's how you think about the rest of your life, you'll miss the rest of your life. I want to look to God's word. Because I know for some of you, you started thinking about rest and you started thinking about Punta Cana, right? You started thinking about being on a beach somewhere, right? Or on top of a mountain. But I want you to consider the word of God today. Hebrews chapter 4, starting at verse 1, says this. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace, listen to this, the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. This is referring to the people of Israel who at one time had received the promise from God. But watch how they responded. It says, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply for they doubted. For those of us who believe, somebody say, that's me. Man, I, I pray that you, you believe that. It says, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. For he has said, I was grieved with them, speaking of Israel, and made a solemn oath, they will not enter into my rest. God's works have all been completed from the foundation of the world. For it says in the scriptures, and on the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again, as stated before, they will not enter into my rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance failed to enter into that realm of faith's rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity. I'm going to read that again. We still have the opportunity to enter into the faith rest life and experience the fulfillment of the promise. So think about this. The rest of your life is not found in what's to come. It's not found in what you're planning for. It's not found in your idea of what rest looks like. Rest, true rest, doesn't fit into how we think. It's something conceived in the heart and the mind of God. See, as long as you're focused on the rest of your life, you'll spend it working Striving, stressing, toiling, conniving, planning, and trying to get there. And in doing so, you'll miss the rest that God has for you today. And I believe that I'm giving you a word from the heart of God. Because I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm pointing you to the word of God. But I know this to be true. 
And if the shoe fits, please don't wear it, just change it. But the truth is this, that there are too many of us that are stressing in life. We're anxious. We have a label for everything we go to. We go to WebMD for everything we feel. We're overwhelmed by what we hear in the news, in the media, in people's opinions. We, we, we're running a rat race in life. So today I'd like to talk to you on the topic, a place called rest. A place called rest. As I was saying, too many of us are living our lives like we're on the hamster wheel running as fast and as hard as we can in an attempt to get somewhere while going nowhere really fast. We're speeding through life, but are you living it? Are you living it? See, in light of what we just read, we should be asking ourselves a question. Am I living life in a state of rest? Or in a constant state of running the rest of my life. You got to really think about that. Are you just running, 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 running. I'm busy, busy, busy. Man, I'm doing, 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 doing. What? Doing what? Going where? See, the danger to living life on the run, so to speak, is that you'll miss important details to what God is doing in your life. What God is speaking to you. Now, I'm telling you right now, somebody needs to hear this today. Because God is addressing the matter of your heart. He's addressing the doubt in your heart. He's addressing the weight that you're carrying. As a matter of fact, he's not addressing the weight. He's addressing you. And he's telling you, let it go. You know, I remember about two years ago... You might not know this about your pastor. Some of you do, but I have this thing for motorcycles, right? I used to ride a motorcycle, and I will ride a motorcycle again. But two years ago, I went down on my motorcycle right around this time of the year, as a matter of fact. Or maybe it was a little bit later. Anyway, I went down on my motorcycle. But the thing is, it was the weirdest thing. I was not going fast at all. I'm telling you, it was a manageable speed. I was doing about 10 miles an hour, and then I was slowing down to turn into a curve, into a complex for a townhome we used to own in New Windsor when we lived there before we moved. Um, and I was turning. And when I was turning, I wasn't going fast at all. But all of a sudden, the weirdest thing happened. I found myself going shoulder first, helmet first, into the ground. My, 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 uh, my riding glasses got scraped up. My helmet got scraped up. My shoulder got scraped up, my knee got scraped up, that Sunday came and I, Pastor Net, she pinch hit for me. I just needed to stay home and just rest. Truth be told, I couldn't even move my arm. And when I went to the hospital, the doctor said to me, I don't know how you didn't break a clavicle, you have, and the first thing that came out of my mouth when I went down was not a bone broken, nothing torn. And that's how it was. That's my story and that's how, that's how it'll always be for me. But anyway, long story short, the thing about it is that I was riding at a manageable speed. I had control. But see, while in control, I was oblivious to the obvious. Gravel. Couple of specks of gravel. Now, I'll tell you why I share that with you. Because when your life is contingent upon your control, you are bound to lose control because you're going just fast enough to miss the most important detail. God. 
God. We're speeding through life. We're anxious. We're toiling. Do you know that toil and sweat came as a result of the curse? Go check in your Bible in Genesis. That's not what we're meant to live by. That's not where your heart is meant to reside. And so in context, these verses in Hebrews, uh, what, uh, in Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, what it alludes to is the promise of peace, security, fulfillment, purpose, and good that God has for you and I through Christ. So let me ask you this. Do you want to focus on the rest of your life or do you want to focus on the rest of his life for you? I dare say this with full confidence. Something has to change. Something has to change. Listen, whether you're here, whether you're online and family, for those of you that are online, I'm glad you're here. We want to see you here. Come and join us. But I want you, yeah, give it up for them. We'd love to worship with you. But let me say this to all our family. And if you're not, if you don't come to church at the bridge, that's fine. But hear the word of God. You were not created for toil and sweat. You were not created for anxiety. You were created to exist and live out of this place called rest. So there's some things that I just want to point out to you. I'm not really going to dig into them. Uh, but I guarantee you, you do not want to miss this series. It is going to bless you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to build you and equip you. So a couple of things we see from Hebrews is this, is that rest is not a momentary affair. It's not. Rest is a way of life and a result of faith in Christ. I'm going to say that again. Rest is not a momentary affair. Rest is a way of life and a result of faith in Christ. Let me translate that for you. Two, three hours on the beach is not rest. It's not. Sleep is not rest. Every one of us sleeps, but not everyone lives at rest. Second thing I want to encourage you with here that I want you to just consider is that rest is a choice that hinges upon faith. You ever think about doors? These huge solid doors that you have in your house, they rest on these little hinges. And based on those hinges, they can swing open and close. I want you to consider the imagery that I'm trying to convey to you here is that rest. The rest of God is a choice that hinges upon faith. The next thing we see is that just because you're in Christ doesn't mean you're at rest. Just because you're in Christ doesn't mean you're at rest. If that were so, the scripture wouldn't tell us this. That there is a promise of entering God's rest still for us today. So you got to choose that. You got to choose it. And that leads me to another point which I just kind of touched on is this. Is that rest is available to you, but it's up to you. Rest is available to you, but it's up to you. And so as we weigh the magnitude of these verses, I realize that for some of us we're probably wrestling with the weight of frustration because, after all, we're in a world that has conditioned us to strive, to toil, to sweat, to, 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 to do, 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 right? To struggle, to stay on the hamster wheel. But I'm here to tell you today that you really can break free. You can be free of that weight. You can be free of that anxiety. You can be free of those tormenting thoughts and, and wherever your mind goes and wherever your heart rests, you can be free of that today. Here's how. Here's a key 
to breaking free. In verse 2, notice that it says once again that we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. Here's a key. Yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Can I tell you why that's so important and powerful? Because there's too many of us that say, I have faith in God. But we don't know the word. We have no intimate relationship with God's word. And to ha not have an intimate relationship with God's word is to not have an intimate relationship with God. No wonder we're anxious and overwhelmed. No wonder we're, we're, we're toiling and sweating. See, the people of Israel, this is referring to the people of Israel, and let me just be clear, we, we're not unlike them. They're just like you and me. They were God's people, chosen by God, destined for better things. And like them, many of us, it's possible we're living life in a state of, in a state of rest. We're not living in a state of rest because we fall short in the same way that they did. We fail to put our complete trust in God. And therefore, we place our trust in ourselves. You know what that sounds like? I got this. I'm doing this. I'm in control. The thing about it is that when that's the approach that we take, truth is that we do, do, do. Because we believe in us, 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 but we miss God. We miss God. See, rest is the result of complete trust in God. I'm going to say that again. Rest is a result of a complete trust in God. And so what, what we see here is that they fell short because they didn't join their faith with what God had declared. He told them, you are a people that are going to a land of promise. I've got nothing but the best for you. You're going to inhabit cities that you didn't build. You're going to reap from vineyards that you didn't sow. You didn't plant them. Everything's going to be provided for you. And because of this, because of their lack of faith in what God had declared to them, because of their lack of faith in God, the scripture says that this word, this promise of God did not affect them deeply. It did not affect them deeply. See, where there is an absence of trust in God and his word, there's also an absence of rest for your life. There's an absence. And so in light of this, I think it's important that we look to God's word. Amen? So the scriptures provide a powerful real-life example from the lives of two sisters that had the same opportunity. Here where I'm coming from. They lived in the same household. They lived in the same era. They were facing the same challenges of daily life. Right? They, they, they were sisters. The closest of sisters. But they had two very different experiences while meeting Jesus on the same day. In the same moment. In the same household. One stayed on the hamster wheel. The other one jumped off. Hey, by the way, if you're overwhelmed with life, when do you finally get tired of growing tired of being where you are? It's time. It's time. It's time. So let's see what happened. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38, says, Now while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village. 
called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And so she approached him and said, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. I believe that God is speaking to your heart today. And he's saying, but one thing is necessary. Let that truth and that promise combat every lie that rises up in your heart that tells you, but I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. Stop the rat race. Get off the hamster wheel. He says, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage and will not be taken from her. So what we see here is that Mary and Martha were both in the proximity of Jesus in this moment. But they had two very different encounters. And my question is, how is that possible? Jesus was right there with them. Listen, physically, how is that possible? They see him. And I think that this is where many of us take a wrong turn on the journey of faith. We assume that we are entitled by default to proceed free of the weight of the world and of this life because we love Jesus. But from this encounter, what we see is something completely different. See, this teaches us a valuable lesson. And I pray this blesses your heart. Proximity to Jesus is not equivalent to being in the presence of Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Proximity to Jesus is not the equivalent to being in the presence of Jesus. See, being in Christ isn't solely about loving Jesus and being with Jesus. It's also about partaking from him. It's also about experiencing his life in your life. It's also about his thoughts now becoming your thoughts. His views becoming your views. His way becoming your way. That makes sense? And so this made all the difference between Martha and Mary. And I think right about now we need to consider that the example that we choose to follow from these two women will either make us or break us. Will either, will either lead us to a place of rest or unrest. So I want to leave you with a few things in the next couple of moments that I have here. The first thing I want to leave you with is that how you receive from Christ determines what you receive from Christ. I'm going to say that again. How you receive from Christ determines what you receive from Christ. Now, the scriptures tell us that Jesus was passing through this place where Mary and Martha and Martha resided, which tells us something. He had no intention of stopping. But as Jesus is passing through, the scripture tells us that Martha welcomed him into her home. Man, that sounds like a really good portion of scripture there. She did a really good thing. I imagine that she was excited 
at his acceptance of her invitation. Uh, I mean, after all, this was a big deal. Think about it. This was Jesus the healer. This was Jesus the teacher, the teacher who rivaled any other teacher of that day. The scriptures record that people listened to him and they marveled because they said, this man speaks with authority. In other words, there was a lack of authority in what they were hearing from their teachers. So there was something different. I mean, this was Jesus that was causing a stir and uproar in all Israel because people were actually considering, is this really the Messiah? Could it be that he's the Messiah? You'd think that Martha has just made the wisest choice of her life by welcoming Jesus into her home. I think we would all agree with that statement. But you see, we have to look at Martha's heart. Because Martha's heart tells us a completely different story than what, she, than, than, than what we think she was doing when she invited him into her home. The word welcome here in the Greek literally means to receive someone as a guest. A guest. Now, wait a minute. She's inviting Jesus into her home, and it's as a guest. Now, let me tell you where I'm coming from with this. Me and my wife, we love to entertain in our home. We love it, love it, love it. We enjoy it. We love having guests. But here's one thing that I'm banking on when we have guests. That guests go home. I don't mind. I love it. I love entertaining. But at some point, our welcome guests are welcome to go home. Now, before you look at me and judge me, let me, let me knock you off your spiritual high horse, right? Because you feel the same way too, right? At some point, it's like, I even need though. You know, it's like, don't you get the point? I keep looking at my watch. It's time to go, you know. We got to sleep. You know, we want to take a break. We need a break from you, right? <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the word. In other words, Martha's reception of Jesus in her home was a temporary affair in her heart. It was a temporary affair in her heart. And her reception of Jesus proved to be the determining factor, the underlying factor in what she could receive from him in that moment. Listen, Mary, on the other hand, received him differently. Let me remind you what the scriptures say about Mary in Luke chapter 10, 39. It says that Mary seated herself at the Lord's feet, watch this, and was continually listening to his teaching. Continually. This wasn't a momentary affair for Mary. No. This was a lifelong process that had begun for her. And so in other words... Mary didn't just receive him into her home. Mary had made it a practice to receive Jesus in her heart because she was continually listening to his teaching. And she was doing more than listening. She was following him. There was a change. I love what David says in Psalm 16, 11. He says, you make known to me the path 
of life. He says, in your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, you got to get something about this guy, David. This guy, King David, was a man of many faults and many moments of unrest. But these things did not define his life because David knew the pathway to true life. He found rest in God's presence. See, this speaks to more than just the practice of prayer. This speaks to more than just the attendance in, in, a, in a, congrega a congregational manner as we're doing today. This speaks to more than just reading the word. No, David understood his standing with God. Let me remind you again what he says. He says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, you've got to understand something that you might not realize. This is Old Testament times, which means what David just said is blasphemy. You know why? Because in those days, to even think that you could be in the presence of God, that you could be in the same room with God, that you could speak to God, that you could be in such close relationship with God that you were in his presence was blasphemy. But you see, this is the difference between David and many, many, many even today. David understood his place with God. God, I'm in your presence. He understood his standing with God. He understood that to be at the right hand of God was the place of sonship, of authority, and right standing. And so like David, when you are assured of your standing with God as a son and a daughter, and you understand the authority that you have to wield, and you expect what God's words guarantee, because you're continually filling your ear and your heart with these truths. Your life will be marked by the fullness of joy and his pleasures forevermore. This is where Mary found herself. Newsflash. I got real good news for you. This is where you can find yourself too. But to be in his presence, we have to forsake the presence of others. Other people, other things, other endeavors, other goals, other agendas, other priorities. In his presence. The second thing I want to leave you with here is this. It's that when you follow Jesus, you'll find rest. I'm going to say that again. When you follow Jesus, you'll find rest. Now, I just heard somebody think this. I am following Jesus. Why am I not at rest? Why am I anxious, overwhelmed? Why am I depressed? Why does it feel so hard? And to you, I would answer with a question. Let's consider this for a moment. Where was Jesus in Martha's home? Where was he? Now, some of you might say, oh, he was in the kitchen. Oh, he wasn't in the kitchen. Where Martha was, he was in the living room. Well, the scripture doesn't tell us where exactly what room Jesus was in. But here's what it does tell us. It tells us where he wasn't. Jesus was not in the kitchen or wherever Martha was. He was not in the place of Martha's preparations. He was not in the place of her busyness and unrest. Listen closely. Some of us are preparing, 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 
and God's not even there. Jesus wasn't there. In other words, he, was not, he wasn't there neither physically or internally. But this also tells us that Martha was not where Jesus was. She wasn't following his lead. She was off doing her own thing. I got to get this done. I got to make these preparations. I got to prepare this meal. I got to make all these arrangements. And as a result, what we see is from the text that she wasn't experiencing rest. On the other hand, Mary was following Jesus. See, it wasn't just in this moment. She'd been doing this for some time. Mary had learned the importance of answering Christ's call. What call is that? Let me a portion of scripture that you all might know. Maybe you haven't heard it, but I believe it will bless each and every one of us. In Matthew 11, starting at verse 28 through 30, it says, Jesus says this. He says, come to me. Let me break that down a little bit more. Come to. Let me break that down a little bit further. Come. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I want you to consider what happens when you're following Jesus. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are too many believers today that believe, but you believe the wrong thing. We live out of a misunderstanding because we haven't truly listened to what Christ has communicated to us. Here's what I mean. We hear that Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. But we understand it this way. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and do more so you can find rest. See, if we're doing more for God, if we're doing more to live, if we're doing more in hopes to one day have more, if we're doing, 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 it indicates that we're not doing what we're supposed to. We're not heeding, we're not heeding Christ's call, which is, come to me. Come to me. You know, sometimes we come to Jesus with our burdens. But we're not coming to Jesus. We're coming to our burdens and we're just telling him about it. And as long as you're doing, you're not coming to Christ. And as a result, you're not learning from him. And let me just share with you a sobering thought. You'll never be at rest. Never. The last point that I want to leave you with here today is this. It's that the place of rest is also a place called done. Let me say that again. The place of rest is also a place called done. Have you ever gotten to that point where you told yourself, I'm done. Basta. Hasta aquí llegué. I'm done. It's over. I'm moving on. I'm going to Jen's house. 
Some of you watched that YouTube video a couple of years ago. I'm done carrying this worry. I'm done trying to change something out of my control. I'm done trying to work out unknown details that are only known to God. I'm done. And if you've ever gotten to that place called done, chances are that you also got to a place of rest. Because everything became lighter once you made the choice to let it go. To maintain control. To do it your way. See, this is where Jesus was attempting to lead Martha. And he's also leading us to today. Listen to Jesus' words in Luke chapter 10, 41 through 42 to her. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered and anxious about so many things. So many things. So many things. But only one thing is necessary. Just one. Can you imagine if life was made up of just one thing to do? And I know for some of you, you love variety. <laughs> but in your love for variety, it might be why you also can't ever settle on one thing. See, for me, one thing is glory. That's Pastor Jose. Learn something about your pastor. I do best when I do one thing at a time. As Pastor Annette, she'll tell you, you come at me with three and four things, mm-mm, not going to work. Don't try to put this square peg into that round hole. Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good part. That which is to her advantage. Listen to this which will not be taken away from her. Do you realize that when we live life with all these things that should be done, but we're still trying to do them, do you realize that, then, that when we live in that space, we're not gaining anything? We're losing. We're divided. We're being depleted. Thus Jesus says, man, Mary has chosen the good part, that thing which is to her advantage, listen, which will not be taken away from her. It's time to stop bleeding out. It's time to stop of a life that is ebbing out of us dead, out of our sense. Of wanting to do, 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 do. Can I tell you that if you are a doer, 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 then your natural tendency is probably going to be to also try and do it for God. It doesn't work. See, while Martha was with Jesus, Martha wasn't done with any of the areas that weighed her down in life. Some of those weights, maybe she was bent on trying to impress Jesus. 
I mean, after all, what's Jesus in her home? Maybe she was trying to live up to the role expected of women in those days. You know that what Mary did was taboo? According to Jewish culture, even in these days, the women never sat with the men when they was teaching. So in other words, Mary broke every rule. Bless her heart. I'm glad she did. Because we wouldn't have this example today. My point with that is simply this, that maybe Martha was just living up to what was expected of her in her role. In your workplace. In your home. In your social circles. In this world. Listen. Maybe she was just trying to cover every base because she was driven that everything just has to be perfect. Everything has to be done just right. Whatever it was, it weighed so heavy on her that it literally kept her from being with Jesus. It kept her restricted out back somewhere to doing and not being in relationship with Christ. Listen, it was so bad that she wasn't even aware how bad it was. She wasn't aware how bad it gotten. Think about it. The extent of her relationship with Jesus boiled down to serving him and making preparations for him. I'm serving you, Jesus. I'm preparing my life every day. I'm preparing my, my thoughts and my actions. And look, there's value to those things. But if what you do replaces who you've been called to become with Christ, you got a problem. Mm -mm. She reduced her relationship to serving him and making preparations for him. It wasn't about sitting at his feet. It wasn't about following him. It wasn't about listening to him. So as we close today and we stand, I ask you to take a moment with Jesus. Take a moment with Jesus. And I want you to be real with yourself today. There's no judgment, there's no condemnation here. We're better than planet fitness. There's no judgment zone here. But listen closely. I want you to do something today. I want you to be very real between you and God. And I want you to look at your life. Look at your heart. Consider your thought life. And ask yourself this question. Are you overwhelmed? Are you burdened? Are you anxious? Are you doing, 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 and never becoming? Coming into relationship with Christ. My friend, if that's where you are today, then I want you to just listen to the words of Jesus. You're overwhelmed, you're burdened with so many things. They don't matter. That's not important. He says, just do the one thing. Just one thing. 
take, take from Mary's example today and come to me. Come to me. Now, when you come to Jesus, here's the thing. It's not just about your laundry list that you bring him. No, coming to Jesus is coming to a place where you can hear his voice. Where you're open to his instruction and his example. Where you ditch your hitch and you hitch yourself to his. And you say, Jesus, where are you taking me? Where are you taking me in my marriage? Where are you taking me in my career? Where are you taking me in my goals and my aspirations? Where are you taking me in this world? Where are you taking me in the church? Where are you taking me? That's the best place to be. Because that's the place called rest. That's the place called rest. Father, today we come to you in your precious name. And Lord, we are so aware of your loving kindness and your presence. Man, right here in this moment, you are having a personal encounter with Jesus. Not because he just came. He's always been, but now you're aware. And he's speaking to your heart. He's speaking to your life. He's addressing you right where you are, and he's saying, come. No judgment. Come to me. Come to me and take my rest. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.